Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Are You Ready with Joanne Molinaro. I know, uh, it's not Tuesday, and this is a largely unscripted introduction to a very impromptu ad hoc podcast episode. As all of you know, I typically release my episodes on Tuesday. This most recent episode was my plastic surgery story, and today is uh, Wednesday. This podcast episode is actually inspired by an Instagram reel that I saw on my Instagram feed by Corey Booker. Just a few minutes ago, my husband and I came back from the gym, and there were two gentlemen standing in front of our house uh, looking at us carrying Bibles. And they said to us, hey, look, we know that things are tough right now for everybody, and we're offering to just sit in your home and read some scripture with you. Not my thing, certainly not my husband's thing, but the sentiment I could understand. And I think it's something that we can probably all understand. If you live overseas or just haven't been keeping up with the news, which I can completely empathize with as well, I am, of course, referring to the shooting that occurred in Texas. This is the 208th mass shooting in the United States in just the past five years. 0.5 months. And I think what was particularly devastating about this shooting, all shootings are always devastating, but in this case, there were children involved, three children involved. And I think for many of us who have children in their lives, whether because we're parents or we're aunts or uncles or the like, uh, the loss of a three-year-old or an eight-year-old or an 11-year-old, there's something particularly hopeless about that. And I think that's where a lot of us are at. We're hopeless. We are looking into an abyss of despair, and we really don't know what to do about this problem. One of the inspiring things, empowering things that I felt from listening to Cory Booker talk about this issue was a very simple piece of advice. We have to continue talking about this. Because that is where the temptation resides right now. I just, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I feel like I'm talking about it all the time. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. What Senator Booker does such a good job of reminding us of is that the moment we cede to silence is the moment we become swallowed by our despair. So with that and without further ado, let's get talking about it. Earlier this week, like you, I was horrified to read yet another headline about yet another mass murderer armed with yet another AR-15 semi-automatic rifle, destroying the lives and families of yet another round of needless victims. A six-year-old boy lost his mother, father, and three-year-old brother. A young mother is currently lying unconscious in a hospital bed. When she wakes up, she'll learn that her 8-year-old and 11-year-old daughters were killed. I'm sick of these stupid headlines. I'm sick of the helplessness I feel every time this happens. I'm sick of how quickly politicians move to gaslight what by now can only be described as a national epidemic of chronic grief. Because that is exactly what this is. We are in a state of constant grief. Unlike normal grief, we are never allowed respite from our mourning. Instead, 
were forced to endure 208 mass shootings in less than half a year. We have been terrorized by the slaughter of 15,038 human beings in less than half a year. We are being conditioned to normalize the senseless murder of 96 children in less than half a year. So why is the United States so embarrassingly and fatally obsessed with guns? Well, I didn't have to look very far to find the answer to that. Just a couple days ago, Laura Ingram told her 3.3 million watchers the following. Their anti-Second Amendment crusade is now and always has been about raw power. Disarming the public is critical to preserving power no matter how tyrannical any country's leadership gets. Now, given everything that we've learned about Tucker Carlson at all, thanks to the fine folks at Dominion, who, in my opinion, deserves a Nobel Prize, it's entirely possible that Ingram doesn't believe her own bullshit, but still gets paid a lot of money to keep dishing it out. For her and so many others, this is just a game. And according to her, the Democrats are not playing by the rules. Rather, the Democrats are using the mass shootings as a way to distract people from what they truly care about, the economy. But you see why Democrats want to talk about guns, anything, anything to avoid this subject on everybody's mind. It is totally unnerving how effectively Fox News deploys the straw man playbook to trick its watchers into believing that their fight is the noble one, that a right premised upon the idea that the death of eight people, including three children, is a mere distraction, is worthy of protecting, that the Democrats are trying to disarm America as part of some super-secret long-game conspiracy that will result in what? The crowning of Obama as king? A military coup? I actually haven't spoken to a single Democrat who seriously supports a full ban on all guns. So this so-called anti-Second Amendment crusade, it doesn't exist. What I find so hilarious is that the most ardent gun supporters often can't even tell you what it says. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, notably, the Second Amendment, it doesn't even mention the word gun. The Second Amendment guarantees a right to bear arms, a capitalized term, but then provides no definition for that term. In plain English, arms refers to weaponry. It does not necessarily limit itself to guns. So why not read the Second Amendment to guarantee the right to bear missile launchers, grenades, biological weapons? Because but for our country's obsessive fixation with guns, we all agree that the Second Amendment was never intended to guarantee a carte blanche right to harbor any and all weapons and should thus be subject to limitation. The Second Amendment expressly refers to the right of the people, which comes on the heels of the phrase free state. At best, the Second Amendment is ambiguous with respect to whether it's meant as a collective right as opposed to an individual one. Contrast the Second Amendment to the Fourth Amendment, which explicitly clarifies that the right is meant to protect the individual. Quote, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against 
unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. Another thing. The Second Amendment expressly prefaces the right to bear arms upon the need for a, quote, well-regulated militia. It follows, then, that should that need change or disappear altogether, the right, too, should change or disappear altogether. Repealing a constitutional amendment, while difficult, it isn't impossible. In fact, we've done it before. The 21st Amendment was ratified to repeal the 18th Amendment prohibition. The fact that there's a mechanism in place to repeal a prior amendment proves what any rational, sane person would agree to, again, outside the context of our obsession with guns. Some amendments will not stand the test of time and should either be amended or simply discarded. Even the Republican-led Supreme Court no longer pretends that the need for a well-regulated militia can justify over 200 mass shootings in less than half a year. And Heller, SCOTUS essentially deletes the first half of the text of the Second Amendment and grafts on a brand new constitutional right, self-defense, as a way to preserve a right that could otherwise be rendered obsolete. The Ingrams of the world lambast those that are hitting the pause button this week to discuss how to mitigate the brutal cost of our current interpretation of the Second Amendment. But here's the truth. Only a soulless human being would suggest that our politicians should be thinking about anything other than the 208th mass shooting this year. While stretching at the gym yesterday, on a morning where millions of people were discovering that another shooting in Texas had resulted in the death of eight people, including a three-year-old toddler, my husband, Anthony, overheard two men chit-chatting about their Remingtons, pump-action shotguns. The two complained about all the silly hoops they were required to jump through in order to keep their guns since they reasoned, the police aren't going to protect us anyway. There was zero mention of the fact that another psycho armed with two guns went on a rampage at an outlet mall. Something that almost certainly would not have happened had the killer found it a lot harder to acquire his weapons of mass destruction. This sort of obscenity represents, for better or worse, the state of our country, a devastating deficit of empathy and an unwillingness to confront our nation's complicity in the death of its own people. There are millions of us who are being held at gunpoint by those who think there's nothing inhumane about griping over the regulation of weapons that have been used to kill nearly 80 people a day. Yesterday, I watched a post by the ever-optimistic and impossibly eloquent Cory Booker, who cautioned us against giving in to our despair, the inevitable ennui that fills the crater left by compulsive reminders of our lack of agency. He said... We can't stop speaking about this. Touching upon a truth so uncomfortable, I literally started fidgeting. I'm sick of talking about this. Slowly but surely, grief will erode our hope. We are already ceding to the notion that our safety, our children, and our sanity should be sacrificed upon the altar of an amendment conceived by a handful of men who died hundreds of years ago, men who by composition could not possibly represent the interests of we the people then, much less today. 
So yes, in one respect, Ms. Ingram is right. The gun control issue is at bottom a problem of power. We, the people, has transformed into what the fuck is in it for me. A radicalized individuality that occurs when empathy dissipates against a perceived threat to power. In some cases, a power they never had. And in other cases, a power they never deserved. We operate in a digital world that profits off our fear, that wrings every single penny from our alarm. Laura Ingram and her ilk have made a fortune for themselves and their employer by constructing a political bogeyman, convincing millions of Americans that any encroachment on the right to bear guns threatens their autonomy. Is it any wonder that so many of them have readily traded in their empathy for bullets, their humanity for rifles? But here's the thing. Nothing serves as a greater threat to power than deception. And if we've learned anything over the past several weeks with the Tucker Carlson fallout, it's that those who wield enormous influence over our nation's conscience appear to possess zero compunctions about straight up lying to Americans. And we the people cannot survive beyond the bulwark of truth. And thus, however much you might be sick of talking about this, I implore all of you to continue doing just that.